Both AMD and Nvidia launched something yesterday. iMessage now on Windows, and it looks like AMD forced to drop prices even more. Let's get into the hot news, everybody. I'm your Brett host. We're gonna be going over the hottest tech news that I can find on the internet while you enjoy your breakfast. And another reminder, we're giving away this PC. We did happen, as we're gonna be talking about in the first story. Go pick up the Ryzen 9 7950X 3D from Micro Center because these X3D chips launched yesterday. We had a great time. It was a great stream. Micro Center sponsored it. You see, we have the fruits of our spoils right there with the Demon Slayer GPU that we're also gonna be putting in a PC that we're gonna be giving away sometime soon. But the CPUs, at least the 7950X3D flying off the shelves by the time we got back to see the CPUs, cause we didn't go first, it actually, there was like three or four left. And by the time we were ready to check out, we got the second to last one that they had physically on the store shelf. So it looked like that one was moving, but the one that didn't move at all was the 7900X3D, which we'll talk about in the second. But it does look like as these X3D chips are launching, we're getting more deeper looks into them, including some delitting being done by Derbauer and Scatterbencher even actually having some overclocking results for these CPUs. And what they've been able to find is the fact that you can overclock these chips, but it's mostly gonna be in efficacy for things that don't involve gaming. The 3D V-cache already appears to be maxed out and pushing for the gaming, whereas all of the overclocking that's done on the 7950X3D yielded about 9% better performance in just regular other scenarios and not in gaming scenarios. So it looks like you're matched out there. So there's a little bit of headroom, but it's not a ton and not a ton of leeway did AMD give to customers for us to know what exactly is going on with the Ryzen 9 7900X3D. And AMD didn't give a ton of details until after the chips had launched. And we found out that this is actually split directly across. Six cores can access the 3D vCache. Six cores are not 3D vCache enabled as opposed to an eight and four split. So not all of these CPUs are identical. It's actually really intriguing. It puts the 7900X3D in an even weirder position than it already was. If you're looking for the fastest gaming chip, well, you're looking at something like the 7950X3D, unless you're trying to save money, in which case the 7800X3D in April looks to be the most sensible. If you're looking for best multi-core performance, you're either looking at the 7950XX3D or the 13900K. The 7900X3D is coming in at $600 it's only $100 less than the 16 core version. And then if it only has six cores that have 3D vCache, that's fewer than both the higher end 50 version or the lower end 7800X3D, which is gonna have the cache all on the eight cores, which would mean that each of the cores has a higher amount of vCache considering there's 96 megabytes of level three cache to share between the cores, which would mean both the higher and lower chip get 12 megabytes of cache per core, whereas the mid-tier one actually gets 16 megabytes of L3 cache per core. But from what we've seen from benchmarks from the people who did get them and do some preliminary results, it's roughly the same as the 7950X3D. It's just $100 less and it doesn't look like it changes a whole lot. And if you're gonna get a lesser version of the 7950X3D and you want the same performance, well then the 7800X3D is gonna hit that mark. It's a, it's a really weird situation. Let me know what you think of this. Which one would you consider picking up? Did you wait out? for a 7950X3D, did you get one? Let me hear from you down below in the comments. And another company that didn't want AMD to steal all of their thunder, Nvidia launching something too yesterday, which was the new drivers that enable RTX video super resolution. We've talked about this in previous videos and essentially what it does is allow you to use the tensor cores and the RTX ability of your 30 and 40 series graphics cards and upscale the video to make it look better no matter what you're playing out on the internet. And one of the ways Nvidia
media is getting around this is not enabling it in your web browser or per application like on Netflix, YouTube, etc. It's actually in the NVIDIA control panel, as you can see right here, to enable RTX video enhancement with four different quality levels as well as being off. So that will allow you to take lower resolution video and upscale it to a higher quality, making it so that you can enjoy better fidelity. This actually can work really well in live streaming scenarios. Tech Power Up actually had a little deep dive where they tested it out. It looks like it works best for resolutions between 360p and 720p getting upscaled. So this is RTX VSR disabled at 720p. With it being enabled, there's a lot more detail and sharpness that's actually happening specifically around the edges as you're looking, just even in the still image when it comes to 480p, similar situation. You are getting a little bit of crisper detail just from the NVIDIA GPU guessing at what it's supposed to look like. And it looks like a very helpful tool. Again, live streaming 720p streams can be upscaled to a higher resolution, making them potentially even look a little bit crisper than they otherwise would, making it so that the streamer doesn't have to do as much of the heavy lifting, but rather the content consumer. Or if you don't want to get a 1080p tier of an internet streaming service, you can get the 720p tier and then allow your RTX 30 or 40 series GPU do the heavy lifting. 20 series are also supposed to get this feature, but there's no ETA from NVIDIA on when that's going to happen. Just like there's no ETA from Elden Ring on when the DLC that they just announced is going to be coming out. It's currently in development. Shadow of the Erd Tree is there. You, they're looking forward to see you in the lands of Ohio, which is where I was yesterday. And Reese is in South Africa bringing the hottest US tech deals. It's the sensible system. Not the day. Thanks, Reese. I don't know if you had MacBooks on there, but in case you do, here's a deal for MacBook owners. Google Chrome wants you to switch to them because they're going to save you some battery life. Them announcing new energy saving programs for the actual MacBooks. This is on top of the energy savings that they've already brought to Windows setup. They're saying that you can achieve 17 hours of web browsing and 18 hours of video playback on a MacBook Pro 13 inch with an M2 chip. However, one of the things they didn't disclose is what it got before the latest update. So there's not a ton of details. They're just saying it's better. So you have to trust them. They did this by doing four different things, eliminating unnecessary redraws, fine tuning iframes, tweaking timers with JavaScript and otherwise, as well as streamlining data structures, making sure that Chrome overall is a more healthy application in case you're using it on a Mac. If you do use Mac for any particular thing, whether it's personal or for work, do you use Chrome or are you on Safari or a different web browser? Let us know down below in the comments. But in case you want to bring Apple stuff over to Windows, we talked about how Windows 11 could be officially supported on Apple Silicon devices, thanks to the fact that Microsoft is partnering up with the Parallels team. And it now looks like Microsoft is pairing up with themselves to bring iMessages to their phone link app. This is the first time that this is happening, at least for Microsoft's application, because the way that it allegedly works is that it transmits the messages via Bluetooth from the phone to the desktop and then vice versa. And then Apple's the one who's submitting it via iMessage. And it's not iMessage that's taking place from the PC, thereby subverting a few things that Apple has in place as safeguards to make sure that this doesn't happen. However, this is not the first PC application that did this. Intel launched their Unison application a few weeks ago and made it so that you could use your iPhone on your Windows PC and communicate just by typing on your regular keyboard instead of whipping out your phone. But in case you're going to whip out an iPhone 15 or 15 Pro, we're anticipating that Apple is going to be switching over to USB-C. This is due to the fact that the EU has changed the laws, made it so that they can't have their proprietary lightning connector. It looks like they're going to change the charging standard on all of their phones moving forward, no matter what the region is. However, it's being confirmed more and more that they're going to do it in the most Apple way possible. They are going to have specific made for iPhone cables that are going to limit the amount of data and power that you can deliver to your iPhone. So according to reports right now, MFI cables or made for iPhone cables, 
cables are being produced by Foxconn and cables with no MFI authentication when you plug them into your iPhone will deliver less charging speed and less data transfer. However, the regular iPhones, the iPhone 15 and 15 Plus, will be at the same speeds that currently are on the 14 with Lightning. So that's USB 2.0 speeds, 480 megabits per second. It is only the Pro and Pro Max that are gonna be upgraded to potentially USB 3.2 at roughly 20 gigabits per second or potentially even Thunderbolt speeds to allow it to have 40 gigabits per second, which would be wild if Apple decided to implement Thunderbolt on their iPhone, because then you're probably gonna have some sort of crazy person try to put a GPU on a Thunderbolt dock and connect it to the iPhone. What type of person would do such a thing? No idea, but as we're talking about new chips and ways of doing things, it looks like the US government administration is trying to get more domestically produced chips, which has actually officially rolled out. The Biden administration rolling out the Chips for America Act, which is going to deliver a lot of funding towards American producers of silicon to make sure that they're doing it domestically in a way that's allegedly healthy for America and the economic prospects, as well as making sure that a lot of that funding actually doesn't go to China and that we're taking engineers who were part of America, moved over there, back over to the US. There's roughly $50 billion at play with $39 billion being given in semiconductor incentives. And there's gonna be special rules for any company that's actually taking over $150 million, including things like limiting the amount of buybacks that they can do on stocks, which is something that Intel's gonna have to consider if they're gonna participate in this program, especially since Intel was one of the companies that pushed this legislation forward because they believe that it would benefit them heavily. And what hasn't benefited AMD is to launch the 7900 XT. It appears like the 7900 X3D is the same thing on the GPU. So it's just, it's it's a Y graphics card. And we're seeing that prices are falling in concert with that decision, with China now having GPUs of the 7900 XT below MSRP, which is making it so that they're a lot more affordable. I, it's not quite clear whether or not they're actually being picked up more, but they are cheaper in China as well as in the United States, with it being reported that the 7900 XT ASRock Phantom Gaming Card dropped to $829, but turns out, it actually got even cheaper than that, where it's actually $100 off right now to be costing $799.99, making this equivalent with an RTX 4070 Ti, which that at that point, this is now a new conversation to have. If you were getting the 7900 XT at $900, didn't make a whole lot of sense versus an $800 4070 Ti, whereas now this is a more interesting conversation. At Micro Center, we saw a ton of 7900 XTs below MSRP. You can see there was 13 of these reference cards. There was five of these phantom gamings at $850 and several more that were out there, including ones that have been open box returns sitting at that $800 price point. It does look like AMD is learning their lesson, dropping the prices on their GPUs. Does this incentivize you? What is a reasonable price for this 7900 XT? Or do you not even care? Are you gonna wait on something that's even a little bit more affordable than that? Sound off down below. We'd love to hear you and I'll hear you tomorrow for hot news again.